What's up, y'all? Welcome to the Rideshare Rodeo, gig economy news and interviews, sponsored by Para and ParaWorks. I'm your host, SJ. It's time to get it on. But yeah, first of all, I want to thank uh, obviously David from Para for for being here and uh, Marissa for sitting in and doing this for me. Marissa has uh, way more experience in this than David and I, and uh, she will be a good outlet. So if you guys have any questions, please, again, put them in the chat. I'm going to switch over to private chat and not watch until we get through this. And then I'll, and then I'll come back to the chat. So I'm not ignoring. So please just post questions as we go along and I will come back to each of them. And uh, that's all. So let's, let me just kind of give an overview real quick on what we hit on last week. So Ron and I broke it into nine segments. Um, you're being taxed as a small business owner. You're on your own for withholding and paying your taxes. Your gig taxes are based on profits and what's left over um, after expenses. You can write off your business expenses even if taking the standard tax uh, deduction. Mileage is usually your best write-off, and it's not even close. The importance of uh, uh, the important tax form you need is the Schedule C. Uh, you also have self-employment tax, and this this really seemed to trip a lot of people up. And I think this is where um, the being an independent contractor kind of flies by a couple people. And I noticed it last week anyway. Was that um, you have self-employment tax? based on your independent contractor profits and you guys need to realize that because i can't remember uh, marissa probably knows but it was like 12.3 or 12 point is it 12.3 what is this sorry for for self-employment tax well you have to pay the whole so you pay seven and a half and your employer pays seven and a half but if you're an ic you don't have if you're an, an ic you pay the whole 15. 15 okay i thought it was 12 point something but okay um so um add add your uh, in, uh independent con contractor profits to other incomes w2s to determine your taxable income um total taxes income plus self-employment minus payment credits and withholdings determine your final pay in or refund amount um marissa how do we do on covering the basics Oh, you guys did great. Um, you know, Ron has some great articles up on his page. Uh, oh, yeah, always. Really answer a lot of those questions. He really does have some great stuff. And also, for those of you that don't know, again, Ron's webpage is entrecourier.com. One thing he does cover really well this time of year is exactly this, is taxes. And he even said, you know, well, some of them are just copy-paste from last year, and then I just added a couple things. But it's 
it's not copy paste. He's copy pasting from his own articles from the year before and he's adding what changed. So it really is always a current article. Plus so it's like would... the rare blog where you could read it. You're like, this makes sense to me. I understand it and I know what I need to do. Yeah. Which, I mean, it's, it's, it is a yeah. great reference point. I know a lot of people like to discuss it and listen to it too. So that's why we're here tonight, but that is what we covered. I don't know. Again, guys, if any questions were left, if any questions were had last week or whatever regarding anything that we covered there, um, you can find all that piece on the parachannel right now. That's part one of this. This will be part two. Um, but you can go to the para YouTube channel and you can find the part one. And if you have any questions, leave them in the comments below regarding those sections. Cause I think we covered them pretty well. Um, but we did get some good, uh, questions coming back that are more direct at some of the platforms. And I'll throw up by Marissa and see um, how you respond to how some of this, some of these questions are. So the first one that we got was regarding DoorDash. And Can I it just was throw in one second that the self-employment is 15.3%. It's 12.4 for social security and 2.9 for Medicare. Okay. Wait, we didn't we have three parts? Social oh, social security Medicare. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, that makes sense. I knew it was 0. 0.3, 15.3, 12.3. What's three when you, <laughs> when you're already paying? Um, okay. But this first one is DoorDash re regarding, and it says, uh, how do I get my 1099 DoorDash forms from two years ago? Now, I don't know what the significance of two years ago was. Um, they won't send them and Stripe won't send them. So I can't file them. So, the best way is that if you got a 1099, that means that the company reported that to the IRS. And therefore, you can go on to irs.gov and sign into your online account. Uh, if you haven't created one, you can create one. They have lots of options in there, like you can just get your tax record transcript. And um, these these documents will be on there. You'll be able to download them and see if you got a W-2, if you got a 1099, um, they'll have record. Even and from like a, co so a company, even, I mean, I know it's every company, but I'm really, I think all of us are very skeptical on some of these gig companies. Mm -hmm. So even a 1099 from DoorDash will exist from two, two years ago on your IRS form, even if you didn't file. If they filed it with the IRS, Okay, when you get a 1099, the company that sent you the 1099 also sent that 1099 to the IRS. So that's why if you're not claiming this, the IRS knows and they're going to tax you. So whether you filed or not, if they were giving you a 1099, that means they filed it with the IRS. So yes, it will be up there. If it's not, that means they didn't send you a 1099. Okay. And, and so in, in, which that case, case, in which case, what though? I don't know. I mean, <laughs> who is going to hold you accountable, I guess, if the IRS doesn't know you made the money? And I'm not saying this like telling you to cheat your taxes, but literally if they didn't report it. So if, if you earn $500 and you don't get a 1099, you're still supposed to claim it on your taxes. However, if two years ago they didn't file a 1099 and you didn't claim it and you have no way to get that information, I don't see how you're going to Right, because I guess I guess the point is is you can't go to DoorDash. They're not going to help you. I mean, you can try, you can try, but I think the point of this question is exactly that they don't help. 
they're just going to say, well, I don't know. Or the only I mean, way good luck getting to somebody who could actually do something is my point. Right. I would go to the IRS. And if you see two years ago, you don't have any reported income. I mean, what are you going to file? I don't see that there's anything to file. But do you, I guess, okay. Do you raise a flag on yourself though and say, Hey, I worked. No, because you can just go in and look at your records. You can go back and look at your past transcripts. You can look at your W-2s, anything that's been reported to the IRS, they're going to have on your account. So you can go click around in any of that. It's not like you have to ask, where is my 1099 from Uber Eats for 2017? You know, it's just going to show in your tax transcript, whether you filed or not. It's there. But are they up to date? There's 1.4 million dashers. Is the IRS up to date on having all of this stuff in there? I mean, if because here's A my question. If that's the case, ago, but yes. if that's the case, everybody would just go into the IRS one and not worry about where these forms are coming from. Uh, I mean, technically you could, but you're not going to find your W-2 yet up there for this year, you know. And you I, won't probably see a 1099 for this year then either. It's possible. I don't know. I haven't, I haven't logged into my account to see, but yeah, probably not till after tax season. It's probably not. Okay. This. That's why the question is worded is two years ago. Okay. It's possible to go but on if it's, this if you year. did 90% of your work was DoorDash two years ago and it's not on there, it just seems like. It'll like be if, on there. If, if you got a 1099, it's there. I know, but like, let's say that for whatever reason, it's not showing that's 90% of your work. I mean, that seems like it, it's heavy on you too. Well, I mean, I guess so. That's a if burden you, that you now carry because. If you think you earned $30,000 and you log into, and you think you got a 1099 and you log onto your IRS website, your account, and it doesn't show that. I mean, I would say that that person might definitely want to follow up on that some way. Um, but I would guarantee if it's Uber Eats and they sent you a 1099 that year, it's there. So the, you just got I, a summary. The IRS has no idea. So the biggest, I think the biggest thing here would be like, and my guess is that most people haven't done this is go to the IRS site, create a, create a profile. It's probably a I good think... idea anyways, because if somebody were to get your information and set it up in your name, the same way with your social security account, it's hard to get it back. So once you set it up, put in your own personal questions, it's going to use your, you have to have your ID when you go to set this up because they have some pretty heavy verification. It's like the ID me or something. Um, okay. And you have to sign into it, but it's worth it. I, I would I, think everybody should, because you can go on there and make estimated payments. You can see if you owe anything, you can track a lot of stuff. So it's not a bad idea to set it up. I know how easy it is to get filed with the IRS too. I mean, well, we've had some of these paraworks opportunities where like we have paid the driver, in which case I've had to go send 1099 forms to people like last week or the week before that. Mm -hmm. And for the system, it literally is click here to file with IRS and send 1099 to person. And it all just gets, it's just one click of a button. And that's sort of the system we have. You have to imagine sort of a Yep. And you can you can go in there and find your W-2s and 1099s from all the way back. Like, you know, recently we had a client come in. They had 10 years of undone taxes. We were able to log in. They had no idea what they got from Social Security, what they got in investments. It was on there. 
So we were mm -hmm. able to download those forms and then create their tax documents from them. Okay. Um, okay. So that's, that's a, that's a, that's a good answer to the, to the older question. Cause I can see where that's a problem. I do know some people who have not filed, um, not, not ever, but maybe they, they, maybe they've slipped a little lately and they're trying to play catch up. So if you're facing those kind of questions, it seems like that's the most solid answer because the question came in the form of DoorDash or Stripe can't help and all this. Well, well if, the IRS, if the IRS can't help, one other thing I would say is that if you owe tax, the government will take you back how many years? You know, if you are getting a refund, they'll only go back three years. So anybody who hasn't filed their taxes in the last three years should go ahead and do that now because you have money on the table in the form of the, um, the pandemic payments, the EIP payments. So if you haven't filed your taxes and you didn't get those, you know, you wait another couple of years when you go to file, you won't get that refund. So I would suggest now is a great time if you're behind to try to catch up if you think there's any chance that they owe you money. Is it is it worse to to be stressed and and try and figure all this out over the summer and do all three years or if they have all the information for this year, should they file this year and then deal with the back taxes from other years? I if it's if you can't get the past ones done ahead of time and you're on this tax season now, I would go ahead and file this season. Um, and they may it may trigger letters from the past and then you just deal with them as they go. But yeah, I would go ahead and file the current because uh, any penalties or you know can be averted by at least keeping this year up to date and then you have the past years. And Marissa, don't they also pay you interest on like unclaimed? I, you'll admit that I had one of these years when I was younger where I forgot and it ended up that I had rebate money and I got the government paid me interest, which I thought was crazy. A hundred percent. Even if they owe you a refund, like say you had a refund and they didn't pay you when you should have got it and they held it for a while, whatever, they'll often give you interest on that as well, which is income. You will claim that on your taxes. <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> so this is a question that happens every year. I know I've talked about it with David. I know I've talked about it with Marissa, both separately. Um, why does Uber Eats send 1099 with more income than we made? And they want us to deduct some expenses personally. They added like three to 4K and want me to deduct it. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I think it, it is like you guys were talking about. It's all related to them trying to prove that they're an SAAS or, you know, the, they're just the middleman and that they're a payment service versus that you're working for them. Um, there could be some other reasons of how they're trying to allocate that to their company taxes, but ultimately the only person it's a problem to is the person who doesn't know to deduct those uh, fees. So ultimately it doesn't hurt you as long as you look at your summary and deduct those fees. I don't have a good answer, but it is legal. But I what, okay. But what is the easiest answer for people? Cause there's a, let's just be honest. There's a lot of people who probably don't care. They want to just know what's right here. Cause it, I get it. I've seen it. It, it doesn't make sense and it's very confusing. So what is the easiest thing to do? Just roll with it. And the easiest thing you must report on your Schedule C, the amount that they put on the 1099 that you earned. 
you're going to look at that number and say it's too much, but you must put that number because it's already been reported to the IRS. If you don't, you're going to raise flags. You put that number and you look on your summary and you deduct the fees that they then charged you, usually commissions and fees. That's right. So again, one. we're back to Schedule C, like Ron said, though, which is, you know, the most important document here in, in this whole process, basically. The Schedule because... C is where you put your income and expenses and your miles for your So business. you're basically, if for, for those who want to know, you're just, you're yes, you're showing the line item of income. And even though it's 3000 let's say, off, you're going to be deducting that 3000 anyway. Right. So, so you're, you're just gonna you're, you're going to balance taxes. it out to what you want. It's right. just it's goofy to you. It doesn't make sense. Right. So you earned. They say you earned twelve thousand. You look in your account. You only got ten, but on your summary from Uber, it says twelve thousand, two thousand in fees. When you deduct that out, you made the ten thousand. So then, you deduct that off the top. You also deduct all your other expenses. So ultimately, you're going to be taxed on less than the ten thousand, um, but. 100% enter the amount that they put on the 1099. And it's either fees plus miles or fees plus other expenses. But in both cases, you can always have the fees. Or right? referral money. No, no, no. You, the, there's either the standard mileage rate, which is the miles, or there's the actual expenses, which only relate to car expenses, gas, yep. maintenance, yep. repairs. Now, you will have I'm... other deductions as far as you can have your commissions and fees. Those aren't related to your the mileage, your auto, there could very well be, you know, car washes is debatable in many businesses that strictly is an auto charge. So if you're doing the standard mileage rate, you don't do those. However, when you're doing something like ride share, there's definitely a good argument that those um, are actually a business expense separate because you're keeping your car presentable. So, you know, some people do deduct those. Um, but other things you might have is, are there other questions of what expenses you might have? No, I just, I think that, you know, I think it is confusing to people because there's, I mean, I don't think there's as, as much of this anymore, but referral fees used to be a big one too. Mm -hmm. That was hard to understand because they actually, that one came through twice. That even made it weird. I don't know. I, I I guess I don't really understand. I still get even confused, even though I know the answer that you just gave makes sense. I still get confused why the fees have to be pulled out by me because I never got that money. Right. It, you know, it is it is very confusing to drivers. And that's why I said that the person that's a problem to is the uninformed who doesn't know because it is likely there are drivers out there who are not deducting those commissions i just don't realize so right and actually you're saying no i didn't thing. make that this is what i made i'm not claiming that yeah the first year i drove for uber that's what i did i added up all my bank deposits and i looked at my 1099 i'm like what <laughs> you know and then i saw oh it's exactly the difference with the commissions and fees on the summary so yeah i guess i mean is that but i mean is that <laughs> I don't know. Is that how it is with everybody? Because that that seems like a very strange way to do things. Yeah, I mean, it could be. I mean, I a fee that, that I never, I'm not taking care of, I'm not processing, whatever, but I need to claim it on my Schedule C as earnings and then take it off. 
I think I think Marissa was right earlier. It's like you could just I think to some extent, so the platform can point at it, saying, "Hey, the IRS has been accepting it this way for X years now. Obviously, this is the employment agreement. Otherwise, you government, why have you been taking our money in this manner?" Basically, yeah. It has something to do with the way they're doing their taxes, I'm sure, and the way that they're categorizing that income. Um, I mean, I, I, I happen to think this is part of the bigger battle, too, of things going on behind the scenes on legislation and stuff, is that even things like this, they don't view as good. They're like, why are you doing it this way? I would think there's a lot of gig apps that are doing a similar thing, that they're putting in some kind of commissions and fees in your, on your income and then presenting you with a summary to show you the deduction. So Right, because somehow... My, like my work that I do when I get a 1099 for somebody it's going to be exactly what they paid me because they're an individual or company. They're not doing that, but this is, I think a, a definite trend in these new gig apps. And I think it is, like you say, these laws were not designed um, for this type of employment and they're scrambling to make it work. And these companies are doing what they think is they're setting the standard. So Uber set the standard to do it this way. Um, All right. I'm going to skip one question and come back to edit the end. Um, but when doing, uh, when doing Uber, uh, what, what form do you use for your taxes? Do you use the 2022 text summary or do you just use the 1099 and 1099K? You will need all of them. Uh, the summary is very important. Um, but yes, you will need, you'll need to present, uh, all of those. Um, I don't know how you're doing your taxes. If you're doing it on TurboTax, it's probably just going to be a matter of entering the numbers. Um, but yes, I, hope, you need I don't think, I don't think Marissa likes that I use TurboTax. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a big fan. It's, uh, I think it can set people up for filing incorrectly. Um, if they don't know, you know, for sure what they're doing. Well, yeah, <laughs> maybe one day you'll be doing all the taxes. So that's, that's fine. But right now, all I got is TurboTax and I've just been doing it for so many years. And I, I can, I can actually speak for other gig workers that do too. They've just been using it for years. Yeah. And I think that they're even trying to make it easier. Or gig workers to use it too. I think they have. I think the last, I mean, two years ago, they introduced the gig worker option when you start it. So, I mean, it's, it, it's better. Right. You know, it's not, it's not having your own, again, like I skipped question three because I wanted to come back to it, but it's not having your own company or accountant or no, it's not, but it's, right. but it's better than just trying to fill it out without any help. Right. I agree. And, you know, depending on how much gig work you do and how much of your livelihood it is and how many, you know, how complicated that tax document is, I would think that for a lot of gig workers that TurboTax is probably. Um, so just in a nutshell though, why do I need both the text summary and the 1099 for the 1099K? Because the text summary is the, the summary is the one that shows you what those fees and commissions are that you have to deduct. Okay. Those so are, again, it's the those same. Those are fees means... you paid that you did not get, and you got to make sure you get those as a deduction on your tax return, so you don't pay taxes on money you didn't earn. Right. 
but also guys and i think this is the big part this is what used to confuse me a lot it is important that you're even though if you know your numbers and like we're using straight numbers for a minute if you know you made ten thousand dollars like marissa said in bank deposits from uber but they're sending you something for twelve thousand you do need to claim that you can fight it in your head all you want but you need to claim that twelve thousand, then just put the other two thousand on the other side of the schedule C, and balance it out. I know to a lot of people it might be like, I mean, even to me now, it doesn't make sense. Right, you must because otherwise, when you file your taxes, you're going to get a letter from the IRS saying you owe on two thousand dollars of income that you didn't claim on your taxes because they're going to see that two thousand missing. And of course, you would have deducted anyways, so you wouldn't owe on it, but. They don't see those. They don't see that summary with the deductions, so they would. But know. do you think that some IRS people are starting to get wise to this? Because I'm sure there's a lot of gig workers going, "I didn't make that. I'm not putting it," and they just well, put the ten. Don't do it. Because I know that the IRS has been doing some corrections on their own and still sending you a check, I'm which sure is better that, than an audit. But I'm sure that the IRS is aware that these fees are on there and that gig workers might not be deducting them. However. They are, there's no way for them to look at any gig worker's tax return and determine what those fees should have been. So you are responsible. They don't right. have they just They just see it doesn't balance. Yes. So you um, have to look at your summary and know what it is because now if they flagged you and audited you, then they might want to see that summary document showing, oh, here, but they, you know, I, I don't think that gig workers are their biggest audit concern at the moment no but i think getting everybody on the same page and doing their taxes correct is a big concern i don't think the audit part is i think that the fact of hey this is this is harder than it needs to be for these people i wish the irs thought like that yeah right and i know that they don't personally care but i think that they do care in the big scale of like if half of these millions of gig workers are doing this wrong and they realize, oh, it's just that they're, and every time it's the same thing. It's just that they did this not, and they didn't add it over here. Yeah. And well, that's going to make know, them pretty the upset way. at Uber too. I mean. It's the same way with the Schedule K that they were requiring um, these payment payment companies like PayPal and stuff to report um, the transactions. And they postponed that this year because it was going to cause a lot. It was going to be another mess like that is it's going to be reporting and tracking personal expenses which yeah. is exactly what the irs does not want to get messed up in and so i was going to actually bring that up being like i remember they said you can if your friends pay you back for dinner on venmo it doesn't count right but if you so were paid it, it was over it, it was supposed to be over 600 but then it just yeah. got postponed a year but the reason that they and, and they did it right before the end of the year but they, I think the reason was we're not ready for it. It was, it was the weirdest excuse ever because it was like, well, it was your idea. No, you it's mean because you're not ready for it. they would literally be tracking people's personal expenses and reporting them to the IRS. And then people would have to report their personal expenses on their taxes, on their Right. Business. I guess my, my so point they is they had this idea account. in October or November and let's put it out in the public. So everybody see, well, you're going to all have to report this. And then right before the end of the year, they're like, we're not ready for that. Never mind. And good thing. Thank goodness. I would have been such a mess if they had gone ahead and enforced that. It would have been a nightmare. We'll I mean, see. They're supposed to do it next year. 
I don't yeah. know how that's going to work out. We'll see what they decide to do. Yeah. I mean, this is, you know, and nobody, again, I'm not, I don't, I don't do the political thing guys, but I just got to say, this is a current administration thing too. This is not a push that either side would normally be making this hard. Um, this is a, you know, Biden's legacy is let's be in unions and let's pay in tons of taxes. That's what we should all do. That's, that's what he wants his legacy to be. I don't know why, but it is. Um, again, it's not political. I mean, again, I don't, I think there's people on his own side that fight him on this. Like, what are you doing? This is a step too far, maybe, or, you know, I don't know how you want to word it, but um, moving to the next question though, if driving for both Uber and Lyft, and I would even say other apps too, do you need to separate the mileage for each company? Hmm. Um, you can, but I would, most people who are doing gig apps are going to file one schedule C for all their gig apps. And in that case, and if you're multi-apping, can you just add all your miles together? I would say so. I would say you add them all together and put them in the, um, let me look at my mileage form and see. I mean, I can personally like separate them out if I wanted to, like Uber miles, Lyft miles, whatever. But you do have to divide them up by first half of the year and second half this year. Because so, of the change of rate for the standard mileage deduction. Yeah. So, I mean, I would say no but I would say you can if you want to. <laughs> if you have multiple numbers well, and you'd rather just enter them all in. By you saying that, you're going to get step. every gig worker not doing it. Not doing what? By Maybe you saying that? no, but you could. Everybody's going to say, so no. Okay. I wouldn't. I would, put, <laughs> I would put one mileage for the first half and one mileage for the second half. Okay. I would mess with. Divide, I mean, if they came back to you and threw an app you can prove that, Hey, look at, I just did this many miles in the day, in the month, in the year. And I multi-app. So I should mention that your mileage tracking, if you are audited needs to be written. Like you can't just look at your Uber summary and it says you did 3000 miles. I mean, for one, that's shortchanging yourself because you probably did more, but that single number might not be enough to hold up in an audit. You really need to. Well, you'd be really shortchanging yourself anyway, because right. that mileage is the passenger to the destination. It has nothing to do with where you are to the passenger. Right. You either need to be writing a hand log or using one of the apps nowadays, because you you need to have that proof of each trip and each day. Um, and they sort of spit out that table, right? And I think the IRS has like, hey, you need to be able to back it up with a table. And the table's not that tough, right? It's just like, hey, on today, I drove from this time to this time with this many miles on these apps, basically. Even if you hand that. wrote it. Yeah. And There's some, the some, of, some the of the apps send you a daily, you. some of the apps send you an email, you a daily breakdown at midnight. Yeah. Exactly. And like that. Here's this day. And if you just filed them. every one, you've got, there's your copies right there. 365. If you worked every day of the year. You've got yeah. 365 emails. But most of them are going to present you with a summary spreadsheet at the end. It's going to have a total. It's going to have a list of every trip. And you just save that spreadsheet to your files. Right. Or if you make a handwritten log and, you know, you save it with that year's taxes, you just make sure you have it. It's true. You probably won't need it. But better safe than sorry. 
but another reason to not go off uh off this off the mileage that you're getting from these companies guys because especially uber and lyft with rideshare i guarantee you're doing way more miles than what they're showing you and you're just yes. marissa even said short change you're shortchanging yourself not even a little but huge because you're losing a ton of miles that are that you can legit count because just looking in at the auto so yeah like i have a car <coughs> for my same car i use for my business and I use it for my rentals. So I have two separate breakdowns, but in my, within my business, I didn't divide it out between different apps that I drove. You're probably more prepared than the average gig worker though. Right. If a question comes up. I just entered it in for that business. So if you're doing all your gig apps and you're doing one schedule C for all of them, you really only need the two mileage totals, the first half of the year and the second. And then you're going to keep in your records the breakdown mm -hmm. of how that went, you know, for which app. But you don't have to report that on your taxes. So this question kind of builds on that last one of, okay, does driving around looking for passenger mileage count? Is And then a follow to that, if, if there is a difference between the mileage being shown by Uber Lyft um, do you call them? I think we just kind of addressed this, but there is going to be a difference. There should be a difference between the Uber Lyft totals and what and what you have, and it yeah. should be it don't, should be that yours is much higher. Don't call the apps. Yeah, that's <laughs> that was going to be my answer, but I wanted to have, have it from no, you. So. Uh, they have no idea what driving you did outside of what they tracked. You know, they're not keeping track. And it's not their, re and, and honestly, I'm not trying to side with them. It's not their responsibility. No. That's no. an, I mean, that that's a, a point that I know none of us really want to hear, but it's not. Right. I mean, so here's the thing with tracking miles. If you every day leave your home, like I live in Boulder, say every day I got up and I drive to Denver and then I turn on my app and that's where I'm going to work from that driving from Boulder to Denver isn't really tax deductible. It's sort of like just driving to work. Now, if I'm working here in Boulder and I'm not getting rides and I see in Denver that it's a hot spot and I drive then to that location, technically those miles are deductible because then I am putting myself in a better location. So there's something about routine and something about just going for the rides. Going for the rides is tax deductible. Routinely going to a specific location to work, that distance is not really counted. Yeah, because I was going to say, now sense? you're getting into a sketchy ground about like if you go to work and back every day. Right, right. So I typically, mean, miles are not deductible getting to the workplace and back. Right. Miles are deductible when you go somewhere different. And I think I think uh, Gary Middleton last week had a good comment about that, where he said, you know, I just turn on the app from home, <laughs> make sure that when I leave home, it's yeah, already right. been on. Because he's he's turning his app on and then going out to his first ride. So wherever yeah. he goes is, yeah. yeah. Part of that way he knows when he gets home, it's all been tax deductible. So right. um, now at the end of the night when you drop off your last ride and you turn your app off 
that trip from dropping off your last ride home right. is not really included in the tax deduction. Those miles are not to be included. So you turn it off when you start, the, turn it on when you start the app, you turn it off at the end of your last ride to be proper. Yeah. 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 Unless your next door neighbor, you drove them home. Then you could probably claim it because it's only like this much land difference. I mean, if they paid you a dollar, so. <laughs> <laughs> if they paid you to drive them home, I guess. Yeah. yeah I'm just, yeah. <laughs> um, so, okay. The question that I skipped that I, I'll go back to before we jump into the, if there's any questions here is, um, I mean, it's simply put is how do you get your taxes done? Suggestions for companies, accountants, and why to go with them. So I think that a lot of gig workers could probably don't, I don't want to say don't need accountants. And I know Marissa actually might argue this. I don't know, but. Um, I've got enough clients. I'm good. <laughs> I know, but I'm saying like, what about for the people who want to do it themselves and who probably have it right? I mean, what is the red, what is the sign to, okay, you need to go to an accountant or you. I always did my own taxes. I started when they were very simple and each year it would get a little more complicated. I did the learning involved, you know, reading the instructions of the form that you're filling out can be very complicated. However, a lot of the answers are going to be in there. Um, I would say if you can keep up with that learning curve as your taxes grow and change and you feel comfortable that you're getting everything correct, then go ahead and do it. I mean, you might as well if you can learn it, but when it starts to get into questions, like say you get a question that you can't find the answer to and you don't know, and you know, you start spending a lot of time on it and you can't file your taxes because you don't know and you're stressed, you know, that's when you go find an accountant. If you have questions that you can't get answered yourself and feel confident, I would go find some help. And that's kind of the advice we gave everybody last week too, is that, you know, like, um, you're going to see a lot of stuff on YouTube this time of year where everybody's saying, this is exactly how you do it. I don't like that because I think that a, those people are giving bad advice, but B I've, if I've can't tell you the amount of things I've watched that are a hundred percent wrong. Right. And the people are speaking it like, like it's exactly right. And I, it's exactly wrong. So I had a CPA set up my rental account taxes years ago when I first started having rentals and then I took what they did and followed suit for like eight years before I realized that they did it wrong the first year. Like they made an error. So you can't always know that so not everybody, you know, even some professionals might not know. CPAs are um, not always tax professionals. So if you are looking to have your tax, Although they done, should be, that's pretty... Well, a CPA, that's a classification that people trust, Marissa. Like they yes, see CPA is a, a professional in accounting and bookkeeping. They're not necessarily specific to taxes. So when you're looking at taxes, if you really want the expert, you're going to look for an enrolled agent or a CPA that only does taxes. Um, because see, but I, I guarantee you, a lot of gig workers didn't know that even that you just said. I guarantee it. They didn't know, like they wouldn't know to, okay. They would figure CPA. That's the, that's the level past me. That's good. Yeah. Well, a lot of CPAs are experts in taxes too, but 
usually you're going to look for an enrolled agent if you really want to find an expert. Um, we have an interesting comment here, and I just opened comments. I'm seeing Master Dasher. I'm showing up late. How much do I put aside for taxes? I put 30%. Wait, I'm showing up late. And what do we. 30% aside. I think your 30% is going to be safe. Um, 30 what am I, what am I missing on the I'm showing up late? Not deducted any. Not made oh, any deductions. Yeah. Oh, deductions, but withheld, not withheld anymore. Okay, I'm going to roll back to the start here and see where the question. Hey, everybody. Hey, Sessie. Hey, Kevin. Hey, Tony. Traditional IC. Lisa. Um, let me see. Hi, Holly. Hi, Aaron. How are you, you guys doing? I'm just seeing where the questions begin here. Um, yeah, usually most people are looking at like putting down 30 to 35%. Um, I think that that's going to give you a good enough cushion that you're probably not going to be scrambling at the end of the year trying to come up with taxes you owe. Um, so Holly's saying here, uh, I don't claim anything I didn't get a 1099 for. <laughs> I guess that's kind of what you said, really. Well, I mean, if you can, you really Holly, if you can go to, to the IRS page and you can't see it. Yeah. You're supposed to claim any income you get. Um, however, a lot of people don't because they're, you know, you're supposed to claim like you, I know Steve was irritated about this, how when you sell a piece of furniture and you get a cash payment, technically you're supposed to claim that. Um, yeah, does anybody? I'm not going to claim my know. garage sales. I'm sorry, guys. Like, I'm just not, <laughs> I'm just not. I'm <laughs> Sorry. What I hear, Marissa, is next year he's going to come with his Venmo receipts for you to figure out. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if Marissa wants to do it, that's fine. But honestly, like, if my if 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 we have a lemonade stand out front, sorry, administration, I'm not going to deal with that. There's no paperwork that goes with the lemonade stand. <laughs> they don't have a business license. There are all kinds of laws being broken out at the lemonade stand. Okay, so. I'm, I'm just supposed to tell you, technically you claim, you claim your income. So whatever you want to do with that, um, yeah, who's gonna, who's gonna call you on a personal sale? So yes, you can deduct home office. If it is a home office, we went through this last week, you know, there was somebody in the chat last week who was saying, well, I have 300 square feet that I use for my bookkeeping. And the kind of deal came across that it was like, well, bookkeeping once a month, everybody has to do that. So that's not really a a dedicated the, space. Like Holly, for you, you're a you're a creator. I would guarantee that you can deduct your space. Right. If the space is dedicated, it's supposed to be a hundred percent use for business. Like in that spot, you know, you don't do anything else but your business. Right. And then again, yeah. Yes, if you buy if you buy hot bags or equipment that are needed for the job, yes, you can deduct that. Correct. Correct. There's okay. a good one here. I think for Dura is like best free and paid mileage app, and Gary has always with some good advice. Stride or Everlance. Yeah. Oh, um. Stride or where am I? Okay.
and then going back to what Gary is saying, you know, it's uh like I don't know that I have an answer for you on this one. It really I last week we learned it was definitely personal preference because we saw every answer in the book on what people use. In fact, I heard I heard ones I hadn't heard about in for a long time. I heard ones I had never heard about last week. So to each his own on what you what you want to use. Use what you like, just make sure the output is has the information you need is how i would say it you know make sure that like marissa said make sure you, it's one of the ones that's easy to get a a cvs file or something that's like where you can get the whole file and say okay here's everything i used to use stride i don't know if it's the best it's the only one i ever used and it did the trick it was so easy i just click on click off you know it was no so for Uber, use the 1099, but use the summary to get the fees you paid to Uber as a deduction. Yeah. And I then see. you need to make sure you have them recorded, though. Yeah. Yep. I see a good one from the Driven Dad here. So my Tesla rental is an expense, including charging and any outside of contract expenses, right? Those are all he's going to claim actual expenses versus the standard mileage rate. And then yes, all of those charging expenses are um, like auto deductions. Wait, is this the one we're talking about? Yep. yep, yep. Would he have the option of claiming mileage here? Yeah. This is what we got into last week with Tony. Oh, so like if he's doing the charging expenses, I don't know my feeling I would have to look into that further, but my feeling is that the charging expenses is like gas and you can't do mileage and gas. So your charging expenses are actually operating expenses that are going to be actual expenses versus the standard deduction. You can't do both. Right. And I think that, that maybe that became the question like, okay, is like, how is the other, how is the company claiming it? This is where I was getting into with Tony thinking like, man, you guys need to sync up. The company isn't going to be, I mean, who's paying for the charging, Tony or the company? I think Tony gets charging through Lyft for when he's on Lyft platform and he might be able to be on Lyft platform and get charging, but really not working much Lyft. I, I'm not really sure how that all so breaks down. You can only deduct expenses that you pay. So if you're not paying for the charging, then it's not a deduction. Right. Right. Um, I mean, I know there's times where I believe that him and Lisa don't use Lyft. I, I could be wrong there. Um, but so yeah, and Brandon, Marissa, Marissa knows taxes. I don't, yeah, there's, there's a lot of people on YouTube who don't know what they're talking about. Um, <laughs> uh, thanks, Lisa. Like he is showing up up late to the show, bro. Yeah. So if you pay for the charging, Lisa, that's a that's a deduction. But you can't do miles and actual deductions. You have to pick one or the other. So your charging, your lease payments, any insurance, any of the vehicle expenses, you can add up and claim those in lieu of the mileage. So you don't do charging costs and then the standard mileage deduction 
Now, I don't know that I know that I, a lot of times Gary's comments have an LOL. I know Gary pretty well. So does David. So does Marissa. And I know that he's got the LOL on here, but I don't know that I agree with this because this worst case true. you're over. I mean, it's true, but like why overpay it in the first place? Right. Well, we overpay any, most W2 employees are overpaying. Yeah. Um, one reason you might overpay is maybe you were earning a lot in the beginning of the year and your pay sloped off towards the end of the year and you overpaid, but, um, you will, when you file your taxes, if you overpaid in estimates and you paid 5,000 and you file your taxes, you only owed 2,000, they will give you that money back. So <clears throat> I know that Gary answered it underneath, but, and we did speak about this last week, but we know a couple people even who this year even are writing off lunches and stuff like that. You guys need to be very careful. This is not I know a lot of people are under the impression like, hey, if you go out to dinner, if you go out to dinner and just talk some business, it can you can't write off every lunch. You can't write off eating every day. Yeah. I would say that being a delivery driver doesn't usually have a route to be writing off your meals. Um, I'm not saying it's impossible that you could come up with a situation that you might write off your meals. But generally speaking, no, your lunch is not deductible. Your so let me let me make up deductible. a situation. If I if I started a once a week or once a month, whichever would maybe play better. Um, we talk rideshare in person, and we meet for lunch. Can we all write that lunch off? Uh, if you are planning strategy, you know. And you take some minute notes and write down a little sheet of what you discussed and what the purpose of that meeting was, you know, I would say you could, but you I mean, not be on a daily basis, like something that, that, you know, you got to be willing if they ever were to audit you and come back and say, you got to be willing to defend that and say, no, you know, we used to meet and talk strategy and make our plans for, you know, everybody give advice about where the best place were. And, you know, we'd, we'd talk shop and make a plan. If you really want to defend that to the IRS, I would sure take a lot of documentation on that and keep that with your files and feel confident about it. I mean, if you're going to be like, you know, you guys really just got together and yeah. held each other's company. Right. That means you're not taking the notes. You're not going to have anything in your file when the IRS says, was this a business meeting? You're going to be like, yeah. You're going to be like, show me. That was that like, was the gist, I think, of that was one of the biggest things from last week, too, was that, look, if you can, if you honestly feel that strongly about it and feel like you can defend it, you're probably OK, because worst right. case scenario, they'll just they'll just change it. They'll just adjust it. Right. And there's a difference between fraud and doing something incorrectly. They can look at a, they can audit you. They can look at an expense and disallow that, that deduction. And then therefore just charge you the taxes you would have owed and whatever penalty. It's different if they're going to look at that expense and say, this is fraudulently claimed. You know, this is, you're in a whole different category if you just do it wrong versus if you're attempting fraud. Um, did you see this comment from Brandon? Got a 1099 from me. Somebody for in there showing that they withheld a dollar eighty-eight. This was from a spreadsheet. 
Um, Nisa, but it's on a 1099. They gave you a 1099 for seven dollars. <laughs> That's surprising, but yeah. I mean, I I guess I, I would like to know what that 1099 is. I mean, they already know you earned it. You got it. But... Um, so just quickly rolling through this. Yeah. I mean, I'll let the you answer it, but I think I know. Is a write-off. However, um, for one, it depends on what state you are. Some states are going to give you charitable deductions. Like in Colorado, if I donate over $500, everything over that is going to reduce my tax burden. Um, I don't know that all states do that. With federal taxes, for it to be deductible, I know the past two years they had a three hundred dollar deduction if you did charity that would come right off your ten forty. It's gone back to the way it used to be, where this is part of your either standard or itemized deduction. If you don't itemize deductions, those charities are not going to help you on your federal taxes this year. However, don't discount it; they could help you on your state. I think the W has an interesting one here. Can you get instead of owing with enough tax write-offs doing right share? Okay. I, I just wanted to address this first though, because what if you're doing OnlyFans? Mm -hmm. I mean, your bedroom is your office. Except that you sleep in it and therefore you're automatically making I don't think there's much adaptable. sleeping going on there. <laughs> so. Now if you use a if you use your office for personal you're making it undeductible. You're making it not usable as a deduction. So say you have an office that you use part-time for your creative work and you use part-time for your, you know, you have a TV in there and part of the time your family watches TV in there. It's not a home office. You can't use it as a home office deduction. Are we, were you talking about this one? Yeah. Okay. Can you get money back instead of owing with enough tax write-offs? See, this mean? is where I'm, I'm afraid that people are reaching. Again, it comes back to some of the things we talked about last week. Like, do you feel, do you feel secure in what you're writing off? So you mean like if you are an income and you have everything written off as a deduction and you have a negative income? Is that what you're saying I, on your business? I think so. I think so I if you have W-2 earnings and then you have a business and you lost money on your business, it can lower your tax burden. However, if you're just doing the business and you lose money, they're not going to give you any money back. You're just not going to owe any. <laughs> so now and, oh. it could be if you paid estimated taxes in your business and then when you get down to it, you didn't owe them, you will get that money back. Right. Just but you don't can't overdo reduce it. your income to below zero and then pay you for that. That's <laughs> and that's how I feel like a lot of people come at this is they're like, wait, that's not low enough yet, or I'm not getting a refund yet. I'll just keep tweaking it until well, and I think that's a danger for gig workers, is that a lot of gig workers are writing off a hundred percent of their income. And when they reach the retirement age and they go in and they're like, Well, why do I only get three hundred dollars a month for social security? And my brother gets, you know, thirty two hundred, it's because you wrote off all your income. You never paid into social security. And I know that it's just a supplement, but it is a valuable supplement. And if you're working, you know, you deserve that. Mm -hmm. Well, why does Jeff Bezos pay nothing though? 
Does there, there's a big question for the night, Marissa. I mean, I figure he if he makes a W two, he is paying on his W two. Do you think Jeff Bezos is all paid up on his taxes? I don't in think a, in a le- in in a legit way. I think it might be legit by the law, but I don't think that he's paying his fair share. In my opinion, no. No. Okay. <laughs> I um, would say no. So. Gary sums up, he, he, this is a, this is exactly right. This is how the question came across last week. So the question last week was, does Tony get to claim the mileage or does the company he's, he's getting the car from, if he claims the mileage, can he also claim the rental cost? No, he can't claim the mileage and the rental cost. And no, the company cannot claim the mileage because you can only claim business miles that you're doing. You can't claim they're not operating the vehicle. So no, they can't claim those miles. They may be, I don't know how they're depreciating the vehicle, but that's a separate thing from Tony's taxes. Um, So Tony can claim the miles. He can't claim the rental cost. He can claim the miles, but in that case, he can't claim the rental costs. But you just, but that's exactly what you said. Anyway, he can't do both. He can't do both. Right. And in this case, I guess, I think there's another comment lower, but if he is renting the car, not leasing the car, can he also, can he then deduct miles? No. Right. Cause you he's, can't, here well, it is. Not it's, it's not a lease. It's just a rental. Right. You can't claim the rental fees and the miles basically is what it boils down to. If you I take mean, the miles, you can't claim anything else. Right. I guess, the question, the I guess the question is if it's just a rental, do you have the option to claim the miles? Um, I would say yes. And in that case, you can't claim the rental expense. You could opt to do the miles instead of the rental expense. Now, if you do the rental expense, you do the rental expense, you do the charging, you do the car washes, you do the oil change, you do any maintenance, you do every expense for that vehicle or the mileage. So this was right around so this time on the timeline too. This was Lisa's question that went along with it, but we rent, so we can't claim the mileage, can we? So I think we just answered that. Yes, you can claim the mileage. I believe you can. I'm going to, I'll double check on that, Lisa. But as far as I know, you can, if you want to do miles, but most people, that's the thing. Most people who have a rental are going to get way bigger deduction with the rental fees and the actual expenses than they are with the mileage. And so you, you know, I haven't really had too many people ask that, but let's see. Can you deduct rental car miles? Yeah, I think I think it's either or. I'll do a deep dive into that and get back to you guys to make sure I'm not telling you incorrect. But I, I believe you could do, if you wanted to do the mileage instead, I think you could. You just then can't claim any of the other ex- car expenses. Let's see. I, I get money back because of EIC. Yes. So it is true by lowering your income, especially if you have children, there's like the earned income credit is sort of like a bell graph. So when you learn a minimal amount, you don't get it. The more you earn, it goes up to a peak and then you get over a certain point, it starts to go down. So if you're income falls in that sweet spot, you're going to get more money. So therefore, if you earned more than that and you deduct more and get yourself in the sweet spot, you will get more of a refund. 
things like earned income credit, some of the home energy efficiency credits are refundable credits. Some of the education credits are also refundable. So this is Gary saying, I guess he's, I think he's talking to Tony, I guess, which, which one is higher actual cost or mileage? And a lot of people every year, they track those two things. And when it comes time to do their taxes, they look and see, am I going to get the bigger deduction uh, with the standard or with the actual? Once you claim actual, you can't go back on that car. you got to claim actual with that car going forward. So that is one reason why when somebody buys a car with a really high payment, they might still opt to do mileage even though the actual is a bigger deduction because as time goes on the mileage will be the bigger deduction so so even if you're the renter if tony were to rent for three years in a row he can't i know that you can't switch it but he can't switch it either switch from deciding i don't i did it this way i want to do it this way now from mileage. you can go from standard to um actual if you want but once you're at actual, you're actually depreciating the vehicle. So that is my question why I want to look up on this about um, deducting miles on a rented car because there's the depreciation factor. Can you deduct? And if, and, and yeah, Marissa can put that into the comments later too. We can even pin that at the top of the pair of comments of, of what, the answer to that was and somehow worded into a question but um he's also asking about the ev credits this is kind of important too um, so if you're okay here here we go because of the stand the um depreciation if you are renting a car you can't take the standard mileage deduction you can deduct the actual expenses of a business rental you can't deduct the um You can't take the standard mileage. You must do actual. Okay. That's interesting. So he so, can't do the the mileage. That's what I'm seeing here, but I really think I need to do... Um, don't listen to me on this right now. Let me do some really looking into that because I, you know, I have had people do both on their cars, but I just want to make sure I'm giving you guys the right answer. So... Right. Thank I'll get you. back to you on awesome. that. Yeah, well, I and I can I can have Marissa back on for a short video where we can I can grill her on that one, and you guys can give me a bunch of questions to grill her on. I can I can grill her again, um, <laughs> but um, he also wants to know about the EV credits, Marissa, with renting the Tesla. The EV credits with renting the Tesla. Like who's who's got that coming to him? Well. The EV credits are usually on a purchase. So to the so owner of the car. I would think that's for the owner. Okay. The, yeah, the EV credits are on when you buy something. Oh, and then there's Gary before we answered, already answering. <laughs> <laughs> Gary plays an accountant in real life. Yeah. I don't know. Gary knows what he's <laughs> doing. <laughs> um, let's see. This is, here's Tom. What's up, Thomas? Thomas is asking if I change a room in my house halfway through the year to a studio, can I claim it for the whole year as a business expense? You would claim it from the date that you put the room in service. So it depends who you ask, Thomas. I would tell you yes. Marissa would tell you no. 
<laughs> I would say yeah, yes, you true. had it the whole year, right? Cool. But Marissa would say if you only had it half the year, then you can only claim half the year. Next year, if you keep it all year, you can claim it all year. Thomas. <laughs> um this is from Brandon. I would like to know if there is anything else I can deduct from product reviews from Amazon. Hmm. I'm confused. I'm guessing he's asking about his Amazon store. Yeah, no, no. I've heard from a lot. Uh, they have this sort of a uh, program with Amazon where you get shipped items and you get to keep them if you review them. The problem right. is it shows up as income at the end of the year. So you got a bunch of free stuff, but now you got a tax bill for it. Amazon Vine. I'm sorry, I got distracted for a minute and didn't hear what this was about. Well, the product review. So like if, if the Amazon sends you a product to review and you get to keep it, does... It, can he can he deduct that in any way? Did he pay for it? No. <laughs> you can only deduct something that you paid for. But you did a transact. You gave a review on it, though. So I don't know. Is that paying for it? I don't know. It's more like he he got the item in exchange for his review. Okay, but there was so, a barter done. So how's that handled? Well, I mean. Does he want to claim it as income or what? I don't understand what he's asking. It's not a deduction because there wasn't any expense to him. I think what he's saying is like, hey, if they gave me this package and it now counts as income, and it's over, I got a 1099 for it, can I claim my internet fee was a cost to doing that review? Can I? I mean, uh, look at right here. So he's, he saying, got, he's saying, he yes, Amazon, Vine, and over 7K. So you got a 1099 for over 7,000. So he's asking if he can deduct his time. Or are there any expenses he can deduct? It is classified as income. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I mean, it just depends on what type of expenses he incurred on earning that income. Um, if he's using his internet and his cell phone to do it, I would say he could probably take a percentage of those expenses. Um if he has a specific piece of equipment he has to do that with, you know, that he bought anything that he purchases and spends money on in order to earn that income, which I would think could be sell. And now he can't, if he uses a cell for personal and business, you definitely got to determine what percentage, you know, you used it for. It's pretty standard with a cell phone that you're going to say 50% business, 50% personal. Um, but you know, you got to look at what you earned and determine what that real percentage is. Okay, um, I think we covered everything tonight, you guys. I think between this and the last one, I think that everything's out there. If you guys have further questions, you can ask them. You can ask them in either of the of the videos below. And if we need to do another one, we'll do another one. Um, if enough questions come around, or. Um, Did you buy those products on Amazon? Did he buy them or were they a gift given? If you purchase those products, that purchase price is deductible, I would think. If he bought them, yeah. Yeah. 
but I think yeah. there's a, I'm not really a hundred percent sure on that. I'm familiar with it, but I don't do it. The, the vine thing. I don't know if like, if this seems like a lot of stuff they gave him, if it's seven grand. <laughs> or did they pay him seven grand? Well, no, no, they're no, free. No. That's right. Yeah. So seven grand in products, I guess. That's what I was wondering too. That seems like a lot, but <laughs> like, why am I not on this program? I want seven grand worth of free stuff. Except um, that yeah, stuff. I mean, he's saying GoPros and DL DSLRs and lighting. Sweet. Yeah, okay. So, yeah, this would all add up real quick. Mm -hmm. Um. So, yeah, okay. And then I see Roxon saying that over $600 worth of products, they issue a tax document. Um, they can charge you the taxable value. Yeah. Okay. Um, but I think we got everything answered. Uh, thank you guys for joining us and please again, go back and watch part one, watch this and leave any comments underneath. And if we have to, we'll come back to you in a couple of weeks, but also is now, now is the time where you should be getting all of, you should be getting all of your stuff. I think I said a few weeks back to wait till early February to start really putting this together in the gig world. But now is that time you should have everything or you should at least be in contact with something you're missing um, and wondering why you don't have it yet. Yeah, just for me, sort of a thank you to Marissa. You made, you gave answers to everyone and made tax actually interesting to talk about for an hour and 10 minutes, which is... Yeah. Usually awesome. when we say tax, people just go running and hide and they're like, oh, <laughs> you just wrecked my night. And yeah, so... Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. It was fun. Well, Thanks for reading all the stuff that none of us want to read at all. I don't know how you do it. And uh... <laughs> I don't know. I kind of have a thing for research. Weird, huh? <laughs> hey, better. I'm glad you do it. I don't want to. Um, and I'd rather just get answers from you instead of, instead of, because a lot of this stuff does get really, really confusing. I mean, 100%. I get asked simple questions from people all the time. And I remember years ago being in that same type of place. And I'm like, I get it. I get why, even though that's an easy question, why it's questionable. Right. And then know. when you only do it once a year, next year, it's questionable again. Like, why was this? <laughs> why yeah. did it work out that way? Um, but thank you all for joining us. And uh yeah, please leave any comments you have, and uh, I'll I'll make sure that we get uh, Marissa's answers back to you guys, or Ron's, or whoever's. And David, thank you for joining us. Marissa, thank you for joining us, and we'll see you back here next week on Para Presents. Bye, guys. Hey,